This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Ever podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the Known and Ever podcast. I'm your host Natalie Bromley but joining me is the main man, the headliner of the preview show, the one and only Dave Statman Roberts. Dave, welcome back. Hello Natalie, this this isn't very good for, for radio at all but I've got a picture and I can see a Muppet. What? I can see a Muppet. Ah, it's me, hi. Okay, no that is ridiculous isn't it? Yeah, I've got um, it's a it's a, a stuff a plush toy of um, animal from the Muppet Show. Uh, I've just moved my laptop. We're on video. Yes, we should really we should really publish some of these sometimes. But yeah, he's there to keep an eye on you, Dave, in case you step out of line as you tend to do on the previous show. He'll, he'll keep an eye on you. Um, back down to earth with the bump then, Dave. After the highs of the week before last, and then last week a defeat, but. Um, we're still looking relatively rosy, aren't we, at that table? I think we're feeling like it's probably job done for the season. Yeah, the victory against uh, Wolves was a, a boost, got us up to 36 points. Um, I think if we'd have said we'd have won either of those two games, we'd have been reasonably happy. We won one and, and lost the other. It was an entertaining game against West Ham, but they were the better side in the end and, and deserved the, the victory, even though we... Uh, we took the lead, um, but yeah, on to, on to matters going forward and it's a much more important game we've got coming up, bearing in mind uh, the opposition we've got on uh, Monday evening. It is indeed and I'm pretty nervous, I'm not going to lie about that. Um, I know it's, it's one of those, isn't it, Dave? Because even if we get beat, we're still six points, still nine points clear of the, we'll be six points clear of them with nine to play for if we get beat at the weekend. Yeah. You'd still think, wouldn't you, that there's enough there to, to get up there but I think the <clears throat> the common theme on the analysis show on Tuesday was is that we, we want to try and finish the season as high as we can we don't really want to limp into the bottom um, so yeah let's see what we can do and um, before we get on to the preview show itself then Dave we have a quiz question that we need to give an answer to now it was the end of the last preview show which was of course West Ham United we paused the following quiz question I say we the Royal we you did um, other than Chris Wood 
Only three other Burnley players have scored hat-tricks away from Turf Moor since 2000. But how many of the three can you name? Now, I thought this was a bit of a stinker, Dave. I think especially asking for three answers. Uh, but why don't you put our listeners out of their misery and let them know what the answers were? Yeah, it's quite, quite a rare event for... Uh, well, it, hat-tricks are fairly rare, and certainly hat-tricks away from home are even more rare, and there have just been the four since 2000. Obviously, we're aware of... Uh, Chris Woods quite recently. The other three, though, we're looking for for the answer to the question were, uh, we had Adi Akinbay, first of all. He got a hat-trick against uh, Luton. That was down at Luton in 2005. Uh, Andrew Cole got a hat-trick at QPR in 2008. And Charlie Austin was the third one. He scored a hat-trick I think it's a second half hat trick as a substitute came on. Uh, that was against uh, Portsmouth, and uh, quite a few of you got in touch uh, with the answers. We had several people who got one, and many more who knew two. But the only people who got three correct were uh, Adam Dennett, who we had a, a guest a couple of weeks back. He got all three, uh, as did uh, David Entwistle and also John Robertson, and also. Uh, Robbie Kopak and Tom Whitaker from our group chat managed to work it out between them. So they wanted a. I'm not sure we should. Should we allow that if if they if they shared it and got it between them? I'm not too sure. Um, no. <laughs> oh, you're being harsh. <laughs> you're being harsh this week. It's rubbing off on me, Dave. I'm starting to get a little bit of the Dave Roberts in me. No, they can't. They can't have a point each when they didn't get the answer. Uh... Mind you, that said, you only said that you needed to name one of them to get a point, didn't you? Well, no, it was, it was a general question, so they, and obviously people could guess one or two or three, but we're, we're highlighting the, the creme de la creme who've got all three correct. Right, in that case, no. No, okay. We're deleting them. Bye, Robbie. Bye, Tom. <laughs> See you later. Uh, <laughs> well, obviously, I have to leave you with a couple of three-part quiz questions for the last couple of episodes. We're going to have a more conventional question for you at the end of the show, so do stay tuned. Opposition stats. Um, and let's delve straight into the reason why we are here, and that is, of course, previewing the Clarets' next fixture this weekend, which is a away tie at Fulham, Monday the 10th of May, 8pm kickoff, live on Sky Sports. Dave, why don't you kick us off, please, with the history, the recent history of this fixture. Well, yeah, as we've done for all the other Premier League games this season, we're taking a look at Burnley's recent games. That's all of those since 2009 either home or away, against our next opponents. Uh, like Turf Moor, Craven Cottage is a proper old-school football ground. In common with several other English grounds, it bears the hallmarks of the architect Archibald Leach. Uh, situated near the banks of the River Thames, it's a welcome change in the soulless bowls of some of the newer football stadia in the Premier League. Um, unlike some of our opponents this season, our paths have often diverged over the past decade, and this is just the fourth season out of the last 11 in which we've played in the same division as Fulham. Uh, both teams were in the Premier League in 2009-10, and the match at Craven Cottage that season ended as a Burnley defeat. Uh, the next time we played there was in the 2015-16 Championship title winning season, when an entertaining away win helped continue an unbeaten run. And we'll come back to both of these matches sooner than you think. Uh, we didn't play there last season, as Fulham was spending another season in the Championship. Uh, but early in the 2018-19 season, our third match was away at Fulham and it ended in a 4-2 defeat. Um, in addition, we were also paired with Fulham in this season's FA Cup fourth round. We managed a rare away win in cup competitions with a really quite comfortable 
3-0 scoreline in the end. Good stuff. Like it. Highlights and lowlights. Now, let's move on to the highlight and lowlight section, Dave. What have you picked for the highlight of this section, please? Uh, well, for a highlight, uh, we're going back to Burnley's last league win at Craven Cottage, and this was for that championship match we uh, touched on a little uh, while ago in the previous section, uh, and that took place on a Tuesday night in March 2016. Um, although a Sam Vokes header gave Burnley an early lead, the Clarets trailed at half-time after goals from Ross McCormack and Moussa Dembele put Fulham back into the lead. But a Sam Vokes penalty and a powerful strike from Andre Gray turned things around in the second half. And Burnley's proud unbeaten run continued. Uh, this was match number 13 out of a run that continued right until the end of that season. I think we can all recall the joy that 23 undefeated brought, which culminated in a title-winning victory against Charlton Athletic at the Valley a couple of months later. 23-23, undefeated. That was a great end to the season. Did you see on um, social media the other, this week that it was um, it was the anniversary of that Preston game, which was just that season, that away tight That's right, yeah. Just, the jo- Joey Barton's just, free kick, wasn't it? The only goal, yeah. Yeah, it was a phenomenal night. And to do it in local rival as well, and they were like nowhere near the playoffs either. It was, um, yeah, it was some night was that. I just remember just being packed into that away end at Deepdale and just it being an amazing night. Uh, good times. Oh, God, I can't wait to we're all back in the stadium, Dave. Um, low light then, please. Let's bring us down a peg or two. What have we picked for that? Yeah, we have to mention one. So our low light this week is the match which took place between the two teams in the Premier League in February 2010. Um, after we'd earned a point in a 1-1 draw at Turf Moor earlier in the season, the return fixture at Craven Cottage, like far too many of our away trips that, that season, uh, was a much more one-sided affair. First half goals from Danny Murphy and David Elm and a Bobby Zamora free kick in the second half ensured a comfortable victory for the home side as Burnley continued to struggle away from home. We just picked up one point from our first 13 Premier League away games up to that point. Is that honestly, is that true? We drew at Man City 3-3. That was our only point to that yeah, point. And then we only had three other points after that. We won at um, Hull City. We won 4-1 later in the season. They were the only four points we got away God. from home in that first Premier League season. Yeah, I remember it being really poor towards the end of the season. But I don't think I remember it being that quite that bad. Fixture flashback! Um, we're moving on then. And we come to the first of our two new features of the second half of the season. We should probably just stop saying that, Dave, because they're not new anymore. We've had them for half the season. But it is, of course, our fixture flashback feature, which is your chance to get involved on the preview show. Each week, we ask you to send us match day memories from a particular game from the past against our next opponents to be featured on the relevant preview show. Dave, I feel like there's a drum roll coming. Do we have a feature? Uh, we do. Uh, this week, <gasps> we have something. F- we should have got a sponsor for this, I think, but we, we, we tried and failed. But when, when you listen to it, you'll perhaps understand why. Um, this week, we have something for our listeners to savour. A tasty tale of a past visit to Craven Cottage, which was sent to us by No Nay Never listener Sam Coleman. So take it away, Sam. My match day memory comes from the Division 1 fixture at Craven Cottage on the 12th of September 2000. As you can probably tell from my accent, I'm not from Burnley. I've been a claret since being a kid. My dad used to take me to the games. He's been a fan since the early 60s. 
Now we don't get to turf more as much as we'd like these days, but we used to be regular away claret followers and this trip down to London was just one of a few games that we managed to get to um, in the early 2000s. I remember on this occasion arriving at the ground um, and coming through the turnstiles, emerging onto the old style terraces just as the ground was filling up. All the players were warming up, the atmosphere was starting to build. I remember looking around for my favourite players at the time, um, Andy Payton, Glenn Little, Graham Branch, and they were all preparing for the game. Um, we took our position behind the goal, and I remember being just to the left of, of, the, of the goal posts, a few rows back. Um, we had a decent view of the pitch, began to take in the atmosphere and the smell of bovril and pies, um, took my attention elsewhere, and sent me looking for the overpriced, obligatory, crappy hot food that's on offer in the football stadiums. Uh, I could see the queue for the food was rapidly growing, so I made the decision to join it, uh, make sure we had our refreshments ready for kickoff. After what seems like an eternity waiting in the queue, um, I returned to the position behind the goal with an armful of pies. I think they were chicken bolty ones, and um, dutifully handed these out to the group that we were with. I remember turning back to face the action, just in time to see Rocket Ronnie Jepson hit a, a sweet strike from 20 plus yards towards the top corner of the goal. And I remember admiring the way it flew through the air and thinking that Crichton in the nets wasn't going to get anywhere near it. It flew, it flew through the air like a rocket and just as I expected to see it nestle in the corner of the net, the realisation hit me. Time slowed down a little bit. The ball wasn't heading for the top corner at all. Ronnie had missed. It was heading into the crowd and it was heading towards me. I froze. Everyone around me seemed to scatter and I stood fixed to the spot with my right hand still stuck in my jeans pocket from where I'd stolen my dad's chains from the food order. I tried in vain to shuffle my feet, but by this time I'd already realised that the inevitable was about to happen. I braced myself, thought about protecting the thing most dear to me. I moved my hand to my left, then to the right, but the ball just seemed to follow my movements. It was like it was some sort of heat-seeking missile hurtling towards the hottest thing it could find in the stadium. Then it found its target with a direct and definite hit. It was my chicken bolty pie. I looked on in horror as it went hurtling into the air and everything went silent for a few seconds as I watched it smash onto the terrace floor. The silence was soon broken though as a loud cheer erupted from at least three sides of the ground. I looked round onto the pitch and saw a very happy looking Ronnie Jepson with the biggest grin on his face offering me an apologetic but I can only help but feeling slightly proud wave. And after being jeered by three sides of Craven Cottage, half the Burnley squad and most of the Burnley fans, I contemplated writing off the pie and accepting the loss. But the thought of joining that queue again took over, so I scooped up the pie and ate it anyway. That's my memory of Craven Cottage. Not really football related, but it's something that my dad and I look back on fondly and we still laugh about it now 20 years on uh, the game itself it started well uh, I remember a poor cup goal giving us uh, the lead on 10 minutes um, we lasted till just after halfway uh, half time and halfway through the second half and Fulham grabbed an equaliser and then I remember two goals from Louis Saha either side of a Lee Bresco red card meant that we left Craven Cottage that day with a 3-1 defeat and no points Hopefully, Chris Wood and Matteo Vidry's shooting this week will be a bit, little bit better than that. Ronnie Jepson's was 20 years ago, and we'll come away with all three points this time. Thanks, guys. I can't help it. It's just... It's too funny. That was, I think, Dave, 
the most brilliant four minutes of narrative I think I have ever heard in my entire life. I the first time that I listened to it when Sam sent it in, I, I was I had tears in my eyes. I was laughing that much, and it just doesn't get any less funny. What an utterly utterly brilliant rendition. Yeah, thanks again to Sam for that Fulham uh, memory. That's a, a fantastic one. It was the, the the timing and the build up was uh, was brilliant. We hope you enjoyed that as uh, as much as uh, as much as we did. Too much. We were crying weren't we, when oh, we listened yeah. to it. I was absolutely wetting myself. And then Dave was David. Dave listened to it before me, so then I listened to it because he told me I had to listen to it. And then he was laughing at me like, and it was just we we lost it. We nearly couldn't record, listeners. We we, we lost it a little bit at the beginning. Uh, but that is exactly what we wanted from this feature, wasn't it, Dave? That's the kind of stories that we wanted and a bit of entertainment. Um, so why don't we tell our listeners how they can get involved for the remaining few shows this season? Uh, yeah, we would like to hear your match day memories from any of our remaining fixtures. That starts with the visit of Leeds United to Turf Moor. Or you can get in touch to let us know your memories of any of the other remaining fixtures, which are uh, Liverpool at home or Sheffield United away. If you've got any memories from those, then do get in touch. You can DM us on Twitter, that's at never, or send us an email, uh, that's podcast at never.net. And although we're more than happy to read out written submissions, we do particularly enjoy hearing the recordings like the one we had today. And we've mentioned this before, but the easiest website to use, which uh, Sam did use as well, uh, to record uh, your thoughts and send us an audio link is vocaroo.com. That's V-O-C-A-R-O-O.com. Totally free to use, no registration required. It's really, really simple. And if we can get some memories for the last three games, that'd be really good. There's some interesting games coming up. I'm, I'm sure there'll be no and ever listeners who'll have some good memories of, um, or, or some odd and uh, interesting memories of uh, of those games. Yeah, definitely. There's got to be so many. Like I say, although listeners, you've got your you've got your work cut out for you now because I am literally going to be I'm going to be laughing at Sam Coleman's. Balti pie story for the rest of my days. Heroes and villains. Um, moving on then, Dave, to my favourite section. That is, of course, our heroes and villains, the one I tend to not look at and don't have a sneaky peek at the script because I like to be surprised and also a little bit nervous to see whether you've gone rogue. Um, let's start with our hero section, please. Who have you picked for the hero this week? Uh, well, we're going back in time for this week's hero, and although we haven't mentioned it yet, the match we're going to talk about is also Burnley's last top flight away win at Fulham. If I said that Harold Wilson was UK Prime Minister, and the song The Carnival Is Over by The Seekers was the UK's number one single, you would of course know that we're going back to 1965, and the December of that year for an emphatic away win. Burnley were 5-2 away winners at Craven Cottage, and as well as goals from Brian O'Neill and a Brian Miller penalty, the other three goals were all scored by this week's hero, and that's none other than Willie Irvin. He finished that season with an incredible 37 goals in all competitions, which remains a club record. Uh, The occasion is also notable, as prior to Chris Wood's hat-trick against Wolves last month, it was the last time a Burnley player had scored three times away from home in a top-flight match. So for his hat-trick at Craven Cottage... Willie Irvin is our hero this week. That's a good hero. I like that. That's a good one. Okay, deep breath, listeners. Go on, Dave. Who have you picked as a villain? Uh, Well, for a change this week, we've got joint recipients of the villain tag as we've decided to award, if that's the right word, the label to four Fulham players who all have one thing in common. 
Um, I've done quite a bit of detective work um, with the assistance of Phil Bird to try and track down details of sendings off in past Burnley matches. You may be surprised to discover that the overall count stands at 378 uh, that we're aware of, with 168 for Burnley players and 210 for opposition players, although it's possible we may have um, overlooked some. It's still a, a, a work in progress. Anyway, there are four Fulham players, which we know of, who were sent off in past matches Burnley have played at Fulham. Those players are Bobby Keach in 1964, Mark Pearson in 1965, Peter Marinello in 1979, and Tony Mahoney in 1980. And these are our joint villains for this episode. Um, as an aside, it's also worth mentioning that two Burnley players were sent off more recently in matches played in London between the two teams. And they were Ian Meesham in 1993 and Lee Briscoe in 2000. I like that one. That's a good villain status, that, Dave. None of this grass business or, you know, generally speaking, national treasures that you decide to tarnish with your villain brush. They're, they're, they're good ones. I approve of those. Um, moving on then, who is the referee for this weekend's game, Dave? Who's going to be managing in the middle? Uh, David Coote of Nottingham will be refereeing his third Burnley game of the season at Craven Cottage on Monday evening. He was in charge for our 3-1 defeat against Newcastle. That was at St James's Park at the start of October. Uh, and he was also in the middle at Turf Moor at the end of that month as we lost 3-0 to Chelsea. Uh, prior to this season, Burnley had only lost one of nine matches that David Coote had taken charge of. But that was the 4-2 defeat against Fulham at Craven Cottage in our most recent Premier League game there in August eight, uh, 2018. Uh, the video assistant referee on Monday evening will be Peter Banks. Excellent. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. And I know you don't want to leave it there, Dave, because you like to spoil our listeners. So why don't you delve into those deep pockets of Statman Dave and let our listeners have your miscellaneous Stat of the Week. Okay, this week's stat is relating to games we've played away from home. Since Christmas, Burnley have played 10 away Premier League games. And we haven't drawn any of them. There have been four wins. Uh, they were against Liverpool, Crystal Palace, Everton and Wolves, you may remember. Uh, and six defeats mm. against Leeds, West Ham, Chelsea, Spurs, Southampton and Man United. Our last draw away from home was a nil-nil at Aston Villa on the 17th of December last year. Uh, this might be something that's worth taking into account when making your predictions about the game on Monday evening. Ooh, exciting stuff. Well, before we do go on to do those predictions, Dave, and we talk about what we think is going to happen on Monday night, we spoke to Fulhamish Podcast to get their views of the game and give us their thoughts ahead of the match. Opposition View. Hey, guys, Sammy from Fulhamish here. And, well, I think that I'm recording this just after Newcastle have beaten Leicester tonight. And I think I had the smallest bit of hope that there was a chance there was a path for Fulham to get out of this but that path definitely didn't include Newcastle rocking up to Leicester and scoring four goals and I think it's over now I think there was a chance that we could catch Newcastle I've never thought Burnley were a realistic team to catch in this fight yes if we win on Monday then the gap is six points and, and you do have some tough fixtures between now and the end of the season but I just think that you'll win the game or two that you need to, to to get clear. And 
I think Fulham have been really unlucky this season. I think we had a really good period in the middle of the season where we were really strong, but we started poor in the last six games where we kind of had our opportunities to get out of the bottom three. We've kind of bottled it, really. Lots of late goals conceded, poor performances as well. And our main problem is that we just can't score goals. Um, everyone looks at Brighton as the team that can't finish their chances, but Fulham aren't an awful lot better. And... Things have gone against us. I think that the the gap in the summer for Fulham to sign players between winning the playoffs and the start of the season was extraordinarily short and we were really dealt a, a tough hand there. But yeah, it's just been one of those seasons where it felt as like everything has gone against us. And to be honest, I almost want to be put out of our misery on Monday against you guys. If If you win, then at least we'll have the small amount of comfort of knowing that it's over and we can start properly looking at the championship next season because I think false hope is what's killing a lot of Fulham fans at the moment. But we'll see what happens on Monday. Might be an interesting game nonetheless, but who knows? Hope that helps. So, hopefully, Dave, Fulham are feeling like there's no chance left anymore, even if you beat us on Monday and that their season is, is drifting away from them. But even though it kind of feels like we're safe, this game's got a feeling of quite a lot of magnitude about it, doesn't it? Um, it, it does to an extent. It'd be more so if we were on the same points as them. I think we'd be um, bricking it a little bit more. I think the fact that <laughs> the, there is that <laughs> gap between... <laughs> there, there is that gap between us, which gives us a little bit of comfort. But... Um, I think from our point of view, we we need to get a result. I think and just just basically put it to one side, so there's there's no doubt. Really, I think if we certainly if we win on Monday, then it's it's all done and dusted. I think at the moment, the you look at the probabilities, it's very very unlikely that Fulham, even if they beat us, um, would get enough points for the remaining games to to catch us up. But it's it's just one we don't don't want to have that discussion. Really, we want to basically get a result. We've done it once already this season. Yeah. We've been down. We beat them in the cup. So. And if we could repeat that performance and that result, we'd be uh, be more than happy. Do you think we will do, though, Dave? Um, I'd like to think that we can go in a positive way. I, I think we we played really, really well at Wolves. I think um, it'll be. I think they'll still this they'll still be wanting to 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 fight for everything. Will Fulham and they, they've. They've done quite well. They just they do struggle to get wins. They've drawn a lot of games, haven't they? They've had games where they've been ahead, um, and then they've conceded late on and, uh, and and dropped points that way, which is why they've not well why they struggle. I think they've only had uh, something like five six wins all season, haven't they? They've um, they've not got the points five, on the board. Yeah. The, the performances early in the game have uh, deserved well, that. Quite often happens um, with teams that get relegated. They do they do struggle, and that that is the difference between the teams that stay up and the, those that don't. So. Um, I think we, we've got to keep that in mind, and even if we do go behind in the game, uh, realise that uh, they do have this sort of soft underbelly. Um, and if we can keep going at them, then there's the still opportunities within the game. But ideally, if we can score first, um, get a lead, and, and build on that, that'd be even better. And a, a performance and result like Wolves would be uh, be really good. But yeah, if, if you tie me down for a prediction, I'm going to go for a win, but a narrow one. I'm going to go for a two-one win. That's not very often that you do. Um, you, you will pick those wins, Dave. I'm quite impressed. Well, I've seen the stats, you see, because they're they're in a, a way draw in the last ten, so that's uh, that's in my thinking as well. 
that's true. It's not you know, it's not like you know you do like to to predict a win uh, a draw where you can. No, it feels uncomfortable for you making you do a, a win. Um, I'm feeling really confident going into this game. I think that despite the the loss against uh, West Ham on Monday, I thought we played really well. Um, we just got beat by a better team. I, I think you know we we didn't particularly do anything wrong. It's just there in the top five for a reason. Um, and I'm sorry, listeners, I don't really know what's going on in the background in my house here, but those with good earsight can probably hear all sorts of crashing and banging going on in the background. I think there's... Uh, I'm either getting burgled, listeners, or somebody's doing the washing up. And quite frankly, it's probably more likely I'm being burgled. Oh, so it's that Muppet. If I get banged on the head... <laughs> yeah, it's that Muppet in the background. Uh, so if I get boshed on the head shortly, then Dave is going to have to carry on. Um, so no, I'm feeling confident. I think performances have been good. I think it will be too much for Fulham. And I think that the desire to get the job done um, will be good. And I also think I think the points we dropped at home against some of our other rivals down the bottom, like you know, the really disappointing results against West Brom and Newcastle and Brighton, etc. Um I think there was a lot of nerves in that game. Uh, and Sheffield United was it Sheffield United? No, it wasn't Sheffield United. Um there was a lot of nerves in that game and I think we were trying to just make sure we didn't lose. Um I don't think we'll have that same level of nerves on Monday day because it doesn't actually massively matter if we lose. We'll still likely stay up so I think we'll have a bit more freedom I think we'll just want to put it to bed so I'm going to predict a 2-0 win for Burnley and I'm going to say Chris Wood and Dwight McNeil is going to score Uh, so listeners let us know what your thoughts are ahead of the match we want predictions from you please we want goals uh, scorers we want score and we want to know how you think they're going to score left foot right foot etc etc um have we got any injury news, Dave, before? Uh, yeah, well, they've had the press conference today. They've done it um, earlier again on uh, on the Thursday. Um, uh, Chris Wood seems to be all right. He, he came off uh, as a precaution, I think, late in the game. Had a bit of a dead leg, but um, uh, Sean Dyke said he's, uh, Woody's come through fine, so he looks like he's fine to start. Um, and I think the other injuries are basically what we were aware of. Robbie Brady and Kevin Long are still out. Uh, the only other one is Dale Stevens, who got a knock in training, but he seems to be um, uh, available. He's probably going to be on the on the bench. Um, but yeah, no other worries other than uh, Fulham. They've got a couple of uh, uh, longer term injuries: um, Terence Congolo and Tom Kearney, uh, both uh, out with uh, knee injuries at the moment. That is good. Uh, hilarious that Dale Stevens is injured. I was just about to literally say, like, how he's not played. But, yeah, quite rightly. I was talking about this on the analysis show. I've forgotten that he played for us at some point, Dave. I really did. Um, so there you go. The game on Monday. Enjoy Clarets. Hopefully this will be a nice end to the season. We can put to bed any lingering doubts that we might be looking over our shoulder with an emphatic win. Um, that is certainly what we're looking for. Fantasy Premier League update. Moving on then to the second half of the preview show, Dave. And of course, we are looking at an update to the much-loved and highly competitive known and ever Fantasy Premier League. We have completed game week 34. Can you let us have all of the stats, please, Dave? What's happening in the world of Fantasy Premier League managers? Yeah, we're going to do a rundown of the top 10 again because I don't think we'll be able to do one for the next preview show because the way the fixes are falling. So we'll do another full top 10 rundown and see where we're up to. Bearing in mind we, we've we only got a few game weeks left to go. It's getting really towards the business mm. end of the season, getting uh, exciting towards the top. Um, so we've got a rundown starting 10th place. We've got uh, LEH on 2,097 points. Uh, down to ninth is Andrew Smith on 
2,112. Uh, up to eighth had a really good week. Uh, Steve Holden, uh, 2,125. Uh, Charlie Binns is a non-mover at seven. as a previous leader not, not that long ago. Uh, 2,136. Uh, Joseph Golb is another non-mover at six, 2,142. Uh, in fifth place, uh, down is Gary Proctor. Uh, 2,172. Then we've got Ursay up to fourth place on 2,187. And our top three are all non-movers this week. We've got uh, Chris Stamworth in third on 2,194. Um, Adam Dennett in second, also on 2,194. And in first place is Sean Danaher. 2,220 points. He's got a 26-point lead, which is uh, reasonable at the top, but still not um, unsurmountable. Is that a word? No, it is a word. Very good. Um, How are we doing then, Dave? I'm I'm presuming that I've still got time that I can overtake you and, and get that win. Right. Well, you went down two places last week, down to 225th out of 240. Uh, You've got 1,451 points cumulative to this point. Uh, And I was a non-mover in 132nd place, uh, 1,802. So I'm now 351 points ahead of you with uh, what we've got. We've only really got three game weeks left, haven't we? We do, yeah. You're still not conceding? No. You're saying there's a chance. There you go, listeners. I'm shaking tell my head. What film, tell me what film reference that's from. So you're saying there's a chance. For, for the record, I'm right. shaking my head. I'm not conceding. Not until it's mathematically impossible. Um, I'm not conceding. And even then I shall cry foul that something's gone wrong. Um, it's exciting times. What about the what about the rest of Team None and Ever? Uh, well, yeah, it's no surprise really. Richard Steele continues to lead the way in our podcast as Mini League. He's in 93rd place overall in the overall table on 1,869. So he's only 67 points ahead of me. So there's a lot more chance of me catching up uh, Steely uh, than there is of you getting 350 points back on me in three weeks. I've still got all of those magic marker things that I've got to use. I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing with them. We'll get them used quick then. Oh, well, I'll, I, I, think I've, I think I lost my login the other day as well. I don't really think I know how to get onto the thing, so it's not going that well. Uh, it's always next season, Dave, as, as young Adam Dennett said, taking his advice. He's going to be my lucky charm. Not lucky charm. He's going to be my coach next season. I'm going to... Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's going to give me all the hints and tips and we're going we're gonna to smash it next season. I'm going to win. Um, what about... Uh, so where are we up to? Blah, blah, blah. We've done... Also, we've done the None and Ever League. Uh, Kings of Game Week 34, then. Yes, where are we? Yeah, well, the Kings of Game Week 34, the best 11 uh, uh, team, uh, would have got you 140 points. So bear in mind that 140 points is the best you could have possibly got for a week and you're 350 points behind me. Just, yeah. Not conceding. Mm. Not conceding. <laughs> so in terms of those um, 11 players, we had in a formation of looking like a 3-5-2. We had uh, Sam Johnson of West Brom was the goalkeeper. We had a back three of um, Aurier, uh, Mendy and uh, Johnny Evans. Uh, midfield five, a couple of Spurs players in there, a couple of Arsenal players, all London midfield. We had um, uh, Gareth Bale, uh, Habits of Chelsea, uh, son of Tottenham, uh, Aubameyang of Arsenal and Elneny of Arsenal. 
And then uh, up front, we had uh, Antonio of West Ham United, boo, and uh, Danny Welbeck of Brighton and Hove Albion. They were our 11 kings of game week 34. Excellent stuff. Well, um, what are we going to be doing then next week, Dave? Are we... Do we have a full update next week? Do we have any hints or tips that we can give to our listeners? Um, well, we we won't be able to do a full update as normal. Uh, we've got, um, because of the way the fixtures fall, our game now with Leeds has been moved to the Saturday. That's now been played on the Saturday um, uh, instead of, of when it originally was. That's not the 11th of May. That's the uh, um, uh, the, the Saturday, the weekend game now. Um, it's, it's, it's the 15th. Um, so there are games on the Thursday evening, so we're not going to be able to get an update. The, the, the Fantasy Premier League can't do the update straight away, and it's usually sort of um, halfway into the following day or beyond when they actually do the full league updates. So we're going to have to do something a little bit different for um, for next week's episode. It might be worthwhile maybe trying to get some of our uh, managers towards the top of the table on, see if we can have uh, their thoughts as we go into the last uh, couple of rounds that might be worth uh, looking at for uh, for next week's preview show i like that i like that let's get a little bit of competitive competitive um what's the word i'm looking for competition just competition that's probably what i'm looking for competitive doesn't really need to, to doesn't need to slot in there dave we'll just go competition um and then what about some advice to our listeners? What do they need to do for, for game week 35 if they want to try and maximise those points? Uh, well, it might be a little bit late, depending on when they're listening to this, um, but it is a triple game week for any Manchester United players. The way the fixtures have been rearranged, their game with Liverpool that was postponed has now been shoehorned into the Thursday. So there's now three Manchester United games in that week. Now, whether they change their squad around, um, but it might be worth getting some Manchester United assets in and uh, having them in your team, bearing in mind they're going to play three games and there's other teams that have got two games and some that have only got one. So you can bear that in mind if you're um, picking your team, making your transfers, or even using the wild card. The wild card allows you to replace your entire team if you've got your wild card left. Um, and you can do that, obviously, to um, uh, help you get the best players to get more points in the last uh, few games. So it might be worth using that wild card if you haven't done already. So essentially what you're saying is is buy lots of United players and use that those magical mm, Possibly, buttons. yeah. If you, if you think United players are going to play all three games and, and be, be okay in there, certainly a, a, a goalkeeper you would expect to be um, okay within there. Um, maybe defenders more likely than strikers, although Bruno Fernandes is the uh, highest point scorer overall. But if they've got three games, might they rest him for one of those? We don't know, do we? That's true. I don't. I don't know why I think at this stage of the season it's going to make any difference what I choose to do. But you know, you, you can you can give it a go. Um, moving on then, Dave. Uh, the next of our uh, new features for the second half of the season is the opposition three to watch, where you pick three players who are going to be critical for our next opponents based on their fantasy Premier League points. So who do we need to keep an eye out for this week, please? Well, they pick themselves, bearing in mind that they're the highest scoring players, but they are. Uh, goalkeeper Alphonse Ariola is the top scoring Fulham player with 117 points. Uh, defender Ola Aina with 101 is in second, or second equal, uh, because midfielder Adimola Luckman has also got 101 points. So they are their top three players. And I wouldn't be surprised, ba- based on uh, recent games, to see all three of those starting in Fulham's uh, starting eleven on Monday evening. Good stuff. Um, so what's, what, what are we going to look forward? Obviously, we've already mentioned that we're going to look forward 
Uh, we're not going to be able to give much of an update in the next preview show. Um, is there anything that we can give them? Obviously, we're going to try and get something next week, aren't we, in terms of bringing our top two on. We've given them some tips about using those magical buttons. I think that's probably it, isn't it, in terms of Premier League update? Yeah. Yeah, I think for, for next week, that'll be what we're left with. Well, unless we, we do some sort of general um, updates on, on top-scoring players. But yeah, I think it might be interesting to hear from some of our uh, top managers, bearing in mind that it's getting to that point of the season now. There's only, a, well, three game weeks left, bearing in mind some of the teams have got more games uh, within those game weeks. But yeah, there's not a lot of time to uh, to cement your place at the top and try and get, uh, get yeah. the prestigious... Uh, award of, uh, of being overall top manager for the season and the none and ever sticker and but you know there's not a lot of time left considering that you're going to have to try and beat me to the title as well so you know it's going to be difficult Statman Dave's quiz question finally then Dave let's close off this week's show we've got a quiz question that we need to give to our listeners then now we've, we've closed off the Fantasy Premier League what are you going to set our listeners this week Okay, for this week's quiz question is uh, excluding any players who have played for Burnley since Sean Dyche took over as manager, who was the last Burnley player to score for the Clarets in a match against Fulham at Craven Cottage? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm going to give that some thought. While we do, why don't you tell our listeners how they submit their answers, please? Uh, yeah, you can get in touch and let us know your answers using any of these methods. You can tweet us or preferably send us a direct message on Twitter so no one sees your answer. Uh, that's at never on Twitter. Uh, email us, podcast at knownaynever.net, or you can also reply to the post for the preview show, uh, which will go up on the No Nay Never Facebook page or on YouTube. And we will, of course, reveal the correct answer at the start of the next preview show, along with anyone who's got it right. Good stuff. Finally then, Dave, do we have any other business? Fixture changes, community use, anything that we need to give by way of a public service announcement? Uh, yes, certainly regarding the fixtures, uh, the dates and kickoff times for all of our remaining fixtures have now been confirmed. Uh, although details haven't yet been released, uh, a limited number of Burnley fans will be able to attend the final home fixture of the season against Liverpool. Uh, that, that's subject to phase three of the government's roadmap out of lockdown being achieved. Um, it'd be interesting to know, bearing that in mind, and we will be having some Burnley fans at that game, we we think um, how our listeners are feeling about being able to watch a game at Turf Moor again. Uh, that was for the first time in well over twelve months. Uh, it'd be mm. interesting if you want to get in touch and let us know, and we'll try and read out some of the responses in our next episode. It could get emotional. <gasps> Definitely could. That would be that would be amazing. Well, that is all we have time for for this preview show, listeners. We're getting close to the end of the season. I can't believe we've nearly done another year of the preview show, our second full season with you. Um, and you know we've nearly well we've got an entire full season without seeing live football. It's been a, a long gold year for sure. Uh, my thanks as ever go to all of our contributors to this week's preview show. To Sam Coleman for his match day memory to save it in our fixed your day for the love of God. Will you rename that section next year, please? Thank you, Sam Coleman, for a match day memory to savour in our fixture flashback feature. And I'm still laughing. It was absolutely brilliant. Uh, to Fulhamish Pod for providing us with an opposition view. To Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements. To producer Matt for knitting all of this together and getting it out there to you. 
And finally, to Statman Dave, the absolute superstar of the preview show, without who we wouldn't have a show, puts in a phenomenal amount of work to get all of his stats and, and everything together. So thank you, Dave. It's been a pleasure as always. Uh, most of all, thank you to you, the listeners, for downloading and listening to this episode. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. Um, the rest of the team will be back for the analysis show, probably on Tuesday or Wednesday, to see what happened at Craven Cottage. And Dave and I will be back next Friday night to preview that home fix against Leeds United um, in the meantime stay safe stay healthy take care of yourselves take care of your loved ones if anyone's p- feeling particularly lonely at this moment in time uh, you, or you just feel like you want to have a bit of a chat and make friends in the Clarets family you know where we are the non and ever lines are always open you can send us a message via Twitter or if you want to be a pen pal send us an email we do usually reply um, that's all we've got time for so we will see you next time i've been natalie bromley this has been the preview show brought to you by the non and ever podcast until next time the talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with three for mental health awareness week this year Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.